Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Good Lord. It's all happening. What can I say? I've got an electric electric gate on my house where you have to dial in a pin code which I find quite odd so you don't have a key Chris Weenie reporting live from Queensland Australia hello listeners how are we we have Boris bikes in London not that I live in London in Queensland they have a thing called a lime bike that you can rent they're great then um, the other day I went on an electric bike They have electric, well, they have electric bikes in England. But anyway, we went on an electric bike. So you cycle, and then after you cycle, it sort of slightly takes over. Hello, man spraying his driveway. Very house proud here, I'll say. Very house proud indeed. But if you put anything in the ground, it just grows. Everyone has these very verdant gardens, whereas in England, it's all just seven people trying to will one seedling to come alive. Um, Yeah, so uh, went on these bikes that you can take... And they're electric, but they, you pedal them. So you look like you're doing exercise. And um, you're not, actually. Uh, so win-win is all I can say. Don't break a sweat. It really opens up your outfit options. The sun here, the lifestyle here in Australia, is just different, people. For anyone who lives here, you'll know what I'm talking about. For anyone who's been, who's listening... You'll know what I'm talking about. Turns out sun, sea, space is a really good thing. Which for the people of England, where we have none of them, it's all exotic. And people just look well. People just are well. They're very active here. People are always up early doing things, but they go to bed early. So if you go to a restaurant, 7pm would be dinner. 8.30 it's clearing out. Which means early to bed, which... I'm not against. I went past, oh, was it called a place called the Waverley in Brisbane? Big gay club? I think it was called Wayfair, actually, because I was like, oh, wayfair.co.uk, another gay mecca. And I didn't go in because I've got a cough and I was feeling rough. I don't have COVID. I've tested. I have to test every day on this show. So I can tell you fact, don't have COVID. Anyway, what I'm driving at is I haven't been for a big gay night out. However, my friend Tom is coming out to the Gold Coast. And Tom and I, and various of Tom's friends, we're going to go out, out. So I'm thinking Gold Coast, or maybe Brisbane. 
Can people give me the recommendations? Where do I go for a big gay night out? I want debauchery, I want fun, and I want I need to end the evening with a Hungry Jacks, aka Burger King. Does anyone else have this where you stand on the dance floor in a club? This is how I always know I want to go home. Because I suddenly whatever whatever song is playing, I'm like just ping the thought of a burger pit pops into my head. And I go, it's time to go home. Oh, now I'm looking at I'll take a photo. Something called a bin chicken, what they call a bin chicken here. This is the most beautiful bird that kind of looks like a heron, white heron with a black beak. And it's just wandering around. They're really beautiful birds, but they're sort of considered like pigeons here. Taking a photo. Something else I could take a photo of, which is a very beautiful looking couple, straight uh, by the looks of things, who are just walking around with their tops off. Well, the man is, the woman is wearing a bra, well, a bikini. But body beautiful here, people. I mean, what on earth are they feeding them? They didn't sit in bed this morning and eat two chunky chocolate chip biscuits, unlike somebody, I can tell you that much. It must be a full-time job to look like that. You must be in the gym five times a week. You must not eat anything. And it's everybody. It's everybody has that body. And as I unpeel my, my little T-shirt on the beach, you kind of, it's, you know... I'm good at keeping my chin up, but let's be honest, it's not a game I'm winning. Which, you know, I try and be positive and all the rest of it. But you do kind of sit there going, why did I have pizza three nights last week? And I know this is full of lots of problematic things about body self-loathing, but I'm just sharing what happens. Okay, okay everybody? I'm sorry. Now, let's have a look at emails because we've had some good... I've had a ticking off, which I love. Let's go and read the ticking off. Shall I talk about what's on the episode first? That's a good idea. This weekend, it was World Autism Day. And this week, we're throwing back to our interview with the brilliant Hannah Gadsby. Have you caught up with last week's episode about sports queerness in F1? Um, Please do let us know. I want to hear what you say. We've got an email about that. That's the ticking off I'm referring to. If you want to get in touch, email us at hello at homo sapiens podcast. Get in touch on Instagram at homo sapiens. Tell us what you're thinking. Tell us stuff. We'll talk about stuff back. It'll be great. Right, let's have a look at this email. Hi there, Chris. Dun, 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 terrifying. This is from Simon, by the way, everybody. Hello, Simon. Hi there, Chris. First, let me establish my credentials. I started listening to Homo Sapiens shortly after it started. I love it and have recommended it to my colleagues and transgender patients as I work in one of the seven national gender clinics where I'm very supportive of trans people and I'm also an out gay man and doctor. I am also... Nice, compassionate and kind, and dislike conflict. Simon, I can relate, but I have to speak up when I don't agree. So, here goes. I think you and Christian were both quite extreme on the subject of the ban on trans female athletes in female sport. I think it's much, much more nuanced than you both acknowledged, and I would not see the decision as a bad one, and think it is quite courageous. Something has to be done, particularly as we are wanting to introduce legal self-identification of gender, which I would support, but would make the situation even more problematic in sport without some changes. In the future, it may be that many trans females will have not been through male puberty, but that is not the case currently, so trans females can potentially still have an advantage over cis females. Fairness is generally non-negotiable in sport, and in my opinion, this matter cannot be ignored while we wait for more evidence. And also, tackle the evidence challenges of pre-pubertal medical interventions. 
denying real physical differences between trans and cis people and their possible implications without evidence is to ignore a reality and doesn't do the transgender cause any good at all. Here's a thought, a possible solution and a challenge to perhaps hidden prejudices in concepts of equal access in sports. We already acknowledge the uneven playing fields in sport by having the Paralympics which actually have numerous categories for competitors and have been a successful example of how to deal with the ability disparities. They have also eroded some traditional concept of disability. We also already have weight categories in boxing, etc. So we could differentiate crossing the road by height, weight and other physical factors rather than gender. So could there be a solution here, perhaps combining Paralympics and Olympics, perhaps embracing trans male and trans female competitions, and perhaps competitions for other categories of people who struggle to compete on an equal basis, getting away from the sense of disability, question mark. So, hey, listen, Simon, I mean, thank you for writing in. I think we all understand what a thorny topic it is. Um, I think I come from a position of wanting to protect trans people or stick up for trans people from the kind of growing vitriol that seems to grow every day that they experience. Aside from that, I think the, the thing that's on my mind here is let's ask trans people. So trans listeners, let's hear from you. I'd love to know what you think about this because one of the things when we first ever started this podcast is we said we would always talk to the people of whom it was a concern we would never talk about something we would always try and talk to the people who were being discussed and actually when Christy and I started talking about that given that neither of us are trans we kind of stepped out of that rule uh, I'd love everyone to trans listeners to write in and talk to me about this have you had experience in sport uh, have you been denied access to sport what do you think about it what are the pros and cons um, a way for your voice to be heard um, and thank you very much Simon for write, taking the time to write in I love that you're a long time listener so top three episodes Simon um, I'm imagining F1 isn't on the top three please stay in touch let's have a look at another listener who'd like to be kept anonymous hi Chris so I'm a fella in his late 30s who is in the process of a coming out journey. Well, this is amazing. Congratulations. I started my personal journey three years ago and I'm now out as gay to a couple of friends. Terrifying and exciting and overwhelming. Ah, oh, that's so good to hear that you are making those steps and you're finding at least some of it exciting. One of the things the few people I'm out to asked if I could recommend something that would help them to be on this journey with me. None of them have gay friends that they know of. Ha. Hmm. And it would be brilliant if there was a kind of brushstroke podcast episode that could be done. I love this. This person's setting me work. Or perhaps there was something you could recommend for this purpose to bring friends up to speed on everything they may need to know about what a coming out later in life journey may entail for the individual, as well as what things they themselves as friends of this person may experience and how they can understand and help. Interesting. A kind of checklist of the essentials in a single episode that can just be sent their way. I know there's a kaleidoscope of things and that every case individual is unique unto themselves. But if this is something you feel would be good to feature and tackle as an episode, I'd love to be able to hook my friends up with it and support them and involve them on this journey too. Well, this wonderful listener, look no further. Let's do it. Let's make the episode. But let's make it all together. So what we're going to do is let's do something on Instagram. Where else? Where people write in all the things they wish their friends had known. Let's do our top tens. Please, can people write in, hello at Homo Sapiens Podcast, write in the things that you would love to be included 
things that you wish people could know, questions they can ask, questions they can't ask. We did an episode a bit like this about coming out as trans in the workplace. Do you remember? Micah came on. So that's our emails. Now, what shall we do now? Given it was World Autism Day over the weekend, let's go and talk to Hannah Gadsby. So let's go have a lovely chat with Hannah and Alan. Over to you, my friends. I play a game with myself. Is it autism or am I an asshole? Like it's a like I have to be very careful of that because I don't want to go. Oh, I can just say things to people's face now without care because I'm blunt. Mm. No, that's not how it rolls. I am blunt. I'm very direct. But you know, I I I am constantly coaching myself. Are you? Is this autism or are you an asshole? Mm. And I'm quite happy that to, to report that sometimes I'm just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Back of a magazine. Do you remember there used to be a thing, there used to be a thing called, you know, hipster or gay, and it would be oh, like there would yes. be a picture of someone hipster or gay, or it's like very you know, easy to tell the difference. European or gay, or you so know, do you want me to tell the difference between gay or hipster? Oh, poverty porn. Hipsters are into poverty porn. It's about like the poverty aesthetic. Oh, looking what the, their clothes yeah. and their yeah, things like the decisions, unkempt. drinking out of jars. It used to really make me furious because we had to drink out of jars when I was a kid. I was like, I why hate, would you choose that? I hate mm. drinking why would you out of jars. Right? Mm. I hate it. It's like, no, no, poor, poor people yeah, yeah, drink yeah. out of jars because we can't afford glasses. Yeah, because yeah, there was also that thing of hipster or homeless, wasn't there? Yeah, and that's so yeah. insulting. It's mm. like, you know, if you've got it, if you're making a decision, that's like, that's a bad decision. I did my first stand-up uh, when I was essentially homeless um, and was, uh, and then I sort of went to Adelaide where my sister lives and I lived with her for a couple of years. And then I moved to Melbourne, where I lived with my, you know, it took me, it took me a good five years to get on, you know, onto my own feet. And it was through, you know, my family, like living with my family, like right. they were just like, you live with us. And what, what was your first um, stand-up set about? It was so surreal, because I'd never seen stand-up. I'd heard a little bit of a snippet on the radio, and like anyone who's, you know, a little bit drunk and a little bit... That looks like, that sounds easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was for a national competition, and the, the raw comedy. It's run through the Melbourne Comedy Festival and a, mm. and a youth radio station, Triple J. 
And so it's kind of a, it's kind of in the ether. Like I've always sort of known about everyone knows kind of knows about raw comedy. So it's that, but that's the only thing I understood about comedy. Whenever you know we didn't watch comedy growing up. There's no live scene <laughs> like theatre. There wasn't even cinema where I was growing up. So it really was the TV. And Mum doesn't like you know whenever there would be if ever on a rare occasion stand up would come on, Mum would like switch it off because it represented two of the things. She hated most in the world, and that's men who shout and men who think they're funny. And <laughs> I've got news for them. Um, <laughs> so that's my that was stand up for me. Um, <laughs> Magnet. <laughs> so, um, so I understood that I entered this competition. It was in a place called Wollongong. Oh yeah. In two thousand five, and. I understood, I, had, I think it was five minutes, I had to do five minutes, I'd never written anything. And I did this, because my childhood dog had died recently, Ronnie Barker. Oh, yeah. oh. Um, and so that got me thinking, I was so sad that I couldn't have a dog. And I didn't really know, because I don't have a home. Mm. But I'm like, what would I do if I had a dog and he died? Like, you're supposed to bury your dogs in your backyard. Well, you know, uh. that idea of like, something as beloved as a pet dog you bury in your backyard and you have a little, you know, ceremony, ceremony and a, a rock. It <laughs> 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 says, don't dig here. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that was playing in my mind. And so I, I began to think, like, what would I do if I had a dog and I don't have a backyard? And I've really never done stand-up this crazy since. But it, I think about it now, going, this is real surreal stuff. Like, I started off, and the first thing I, I just walked up and said, well, I've got, my, I got a dog in my freezer. <laughs> and um, I, I, I still remember it a little bit. It's like, I've got a dog in my freezer. And they, they explain, explained that, you know, it died, but I can't afford to get it cremated so I can keep my beloved dog. And I thought, well, how hard can it be to cremate a small dog at home alone? Like, so then, like, I'm building, and then I, like, look into it, so I'm building this whole world, and I'm like, well, it's actually quite difficult, but I found out too late, and I just had this, like, charred dog on a, on a Weber. Um, <laughs> and so, like, it's all made up, like, it's, but, uh, you know, it was real in my head, that's the kind of, you know, because I, I think about these things, and then I follow them through, and I'm like, it wouldn't work, but now I've got a charred dog, and so I put him in a, yeah, so that was... <coughs> and so people he was were, charred when he went in the freezer. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Right, okay. So that's that's even worse, yeah. right? <laughs> but that's so bizarre. Like it's such. But I won because yeah. I think because you know I was just so different. Yeah. And I was just and back then I I really did speak with a real monotone. I had no like and I was I've learned how to modulate my voice and stuff. But I was just like so I got a dog in my freezer, and so you know like <laughs> it was just this bizarre creature with a like. Oh, what is this? <laughs> and I went through and I went to the state finals in, the, in, in Sydney. Then I didn't go any further because, you know, I obviously didn't understand what I was doing. And, and also it's now I know I look back, it's like, oh, these people are doing stand-up all the time and they understand it and, you know, there's a whole culture around it that I, I, I did not. And I did never understood it, but now we know why. Um, mm -hmm. But so I was still in the midst of this homelessness situation and I, I wound up in Byron Bay, outside of Byron Bay. Oh, yeah. I, was, oh, I love Byron Bay. Yeah, and I was, I was camping illegally on a, on a sand dune, really. Um, <laughs> that's what I ended up doing. I was sort of working on these work, willing workers on organic farms 
And but that never lasted long because I actually genuinely wanted you to work. Willing I, workers. Yeah, so it's, it's called, called wolfing. Wolfing. Willing workers on organic farms. So basically, it's like tree change people who go, oh, "We've got this great farm. Oh, it's a lot of work. Oh, we'll rope in some like volunteers. Uh, volunteers, ah. and we'll feed ah. you, and you can." Right. I love willing workers. My yeah. unwilling. Yeah, well, I was unwilling. That's why I never. I remember I ruined a whole batch of macadamia nuts and I was sent on my, my way. Yeah. Oh, how? Well, you're not supposed to. I thought I'll be helpful and I'll crack them all, but then they apparently they go bad when you crack them. So. <laughs> you're like, hey, I'm working for you for free. Yeah. yeah. You get what you're given. I did it willingly. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand the contract. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, so, yeah. and So where did you do your comedy then? Like, I'm basically a Melbourne comedy festival foster child. <laughs> I was immediately became a long-form comic and began writing hour-long shows and, you know, touring the, the festival circuit. I, 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 I did do the club circuit for a bit because I could do it. I'm really quite good at, you know, the 15 minutes because, you know, I know my way around a joke and I can do that. But I don't like it. <laughs> like, it's just feels gladiatorial on the, if, especially yeah. if you're sharing the stage with you know say seven men mm. uh, men's a, a strong word and um, <laughs> that's catty um, <laughs> but you know so you're sure you know you walk out on stage after you know maybe three or four blokes in a row doing casual rape jokes mm. and I began to go oh this is I don't want to convince a crowd that's just been to like me that's just been laughing so easily at that kind of material. And it is right, was right, it's, it's less so now. But so I became a festival comic. Right. Um, which is very funny. And the least festive person. <laughs> <laughs> is that more like it's your show, people come to your show, so you yeah. don't have to be on a bill with other people, yeah. and therefore you have yeah. a bit more of your own identity within it? Yeah, and also I think creatively it appealed to me, you know, like you get to, like if you've got five, ten minutes, you've got to do the, like... You've got the to greatest get greatest hits. Mm. Whereas I, I, you know, and I think it was evident in my first rounds of stand-up where I've got a dog in a freezer. <laughs> like, I do need people to come into my world. Right. My manager, who I've been with since I won that little competition, it's actually quite a big competition. The Raw. The Raw. Anyway, so he's been sort of guiding my career and, you know, he's always been, you know, he, never, he didn't take me on as like, well, she's going to be a... a prize-winning beast. Mm. So, you know, he's always sort of let me, you know, do these sort of slightly odd pathways. And so neither has really expected Nanette. Like, when I first did Nanette, like, the first ever trial show, so in front of 60 shell-shocked people, mm. it was before there was any even a hint of a joke in there. So, so he's sort of been with me through this whole process and I've kept, of course, kept him as my... Uh, manager and his, he has a connection to um, autism in his own, in his own family. Oh, so, does he? Oh. Yeah. So he's we've sort of guided my you know how we're navigating this is a very autism friendly That's way. Great. So That's it's great. like the tour, uh, you know, has been very much planned to not break me. Mm-hmm. And because I did feel like when Nanette sort of took off, it just felt so dangerous and so slippery and. You know, everyone grabbing, and I didn't understand it, and because that's not why I wrote the show. Like, and I've never gone. Oh, I want to. I want to have a lot of meetings in Hollywood. Yes, please. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what happened. Yeah. That's the end of a delightful chat with the incredible Hannah Gadsby. She is an inspiration to me. 
I just love her. Um, that's end of part one. Part two is on the feed. I recommend looking at it because I'm old fashioned like that. Here we go. Here we go. Why am I saying that? Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Powered by Spirit Studios.